Uh, you guys will get to see this morning, I think, if this works correctly. Okay, good. You removed it, didn't you? Or did you, Nate? Normally there's a little... Have y'all noticed I've been getting done earlier? Who's noticed Amen. that? Uh -huh, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you why. With this new software we got, there's a clock that actually counts down. <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah, can't see it. So normally I'm looking and I see it and guess what? When it gets to 12 o'clock, it goes red. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yes, that's right. That's right. So hey, if y'all have noticed, God's heard your prayer. All right. So anyway, it may come up on this in a little while. If it does, just ignore it. We'll we'll be here when we're done. So. <laughs> hey, trust me. Y'all already tell me. <laughs> I see the guy falling asleep. I hear the person snoring. I see the one doing this. <laughs> I see the others leaving. <laughs> so yeah, I got. The, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, it's funny because. Uh, I was, today was supposed to be our visionary sermon, you know, kind of lay out for the year sort of where we believe God would lead us in the year to come. Uh, I really, honestly, I didn't know if we'd have two <laughs> or 20 today. So last minute I shelved that one and uh, sought the Lord on where to go. So we will do that next week, Lord willing. And um, so as I was thinking about praying about, Lord, what would you have me do for this week? Unsure of who would be here, how many would be here. And by the way, man, praise the Lord, good group this morning. I like this. We may have to meet over here every week. But anyway, um, I started thinking about this. And if this church is going to do anything for the Lord, it's going to start with the foundation of prayer. I mean, that's just the reality. And I don't know about your life. Maybe you're just a prayer warrior. I mean, maybe, you know, you, you've got the, you know, prayer closet with all your prayer requests on the wall and you're just, man, you're your camel knees. But I, I think I speak for a lot of folks. And if I'm being very transparent with you, and I am, this is probably the greatest struggle as far as disciplines of a Christian life is this. Uh, I know it is for me. That intimate face seeking of God, earnest prayer. But I'm reminded if we are going to do anything for the Lord, this is who we've got to be. Church, we've got to be a praying church. And so, by God's grace, uh, may we be encouraged this morning through His Word. Uh, my hope and my prayer in coming into this message is that for all of us, that we'll be reminded of some biblical truths, uh, some foundational things that will help us to be more earnest in prayer, uh, to cultivate the prayer life. Because that's really like with any discipline, it takes cultivating. It's not going to just come to us. We, we really have to work at it in that sense. And so um, I hope that this will be an encouragement to all of us, sort of a foundational laying for the next week's sermon, and um, that you'll be encouraged uh, as we leave here today uh, to be more in prayer uh, as we move through 2018. So I'm going to try and do two things at once. I'm going to click here and click here because these are not in sync this morning. So hopefully that will work. And so I want to talk about the what, the whys, and the winds of prayer. Uh, one of the things I've been reading recently is called the battle plan for prayer. 
Does anybody else have this book by chance? The Battle Plan for Prayer? Uh, it's a sort of a devotional read. It's a light read. It's not anything deep theologically. Um, but it's very, very practical. And um, uh, this is where, where I need the encouragement. Um, and so a, a lot of what I will be speaking on today are some truths that I've gleaned as I've been reading this. And so I wanted to share some of those uh, with you this morning. You know, it's... It's been kind of neat to see how you know, God works these things together. And so this week in our quiet times, our Word of Life quiet times, if you're doing those, uh, there's been this emphasis on prayer. Uh, it was kind of neat too the other day. Uh, sorry, son, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. But uh, my son came to me the other morning and he's, he loves Caleb. I mean, he just likes to listen to Caleb. He used to go to sleep in his room listening to daddy's preaching. Now he goes to sleep listening to Caleb. Some of you I know, you go to sleep listening to daddy's preaching too, but that's another day. <laughs> but uh, he listens to, to Caleb. And so anyway, the other morning he came to me and said, Dad, Dad, can I call Caleb? They're taking prayer requests. I mean, how do you say no to that, you know? Uh, I said, well, sure, fine, that's, that's fine, go ahead. So I said, well, what are you, what are you praying for? What are you, what are you asking God for? And so he said, well, I want to ask them to pray for our church that God will send more families. Amen. Hey, that's a good prayer. <laughs> that's a prayer we can all agree with, right? And so, uh, so he called and the gentleman who answered the phone prayed with him on the phone. And so uh, I'm excited to see uh, as God works uh, in this new year and brings us new families. And so uh, let's, let's join in that prayer. I think that's a pretty good prayer. Um, so again, God's been kind of working in my heart on uh, encouraging uh, this idea of prayer. Well, let's take a look. First, I want to start with the eight watts of prayer. The eight watts. Now, why did I choose eight watts? Just because there were eight, and you could do nine, you could do ten, you could do a hundred. You can do whatever you want. It's watts, all right? But the eight watts today in this sermon are as follows. By the way, thank you, honey, for letting me steal your water. Well, it won't be a dry sermon. Never gets old. Okay. Never gets old. Never gets old. All right. The first thing I want us to look at, by the way, because we're in a small setting, this is going to be more like a Wednesday night Bible study, okay? Which means interactive. All right? So I'm going to call on some of you, so be ready. So have your Bibles ready. Go and get your Bibles ready. All right? Because I'm going to call on some of you. The first thing that if we want to become a church of prayer, we've got to start doing better, different. We need to pray biblically. We need to learn to pray biblically. Scripture gives us insight in how we should pray, what we should be praying for. And so one of the things that at Community Baptist Church, that if you're not praying for this consistently, regularly, earnestly, this is the first thing I want you to write down today to begin to pray for. Evangelism of the loss. I know this is going to be a very complex sermon this morning, right? But guys, I'm telling you, this is where we lose it. We, we, we know it, but we don't do it. And so I want this to be a reminder of how we need to pray for the evangelism of the lost. Nate mentioned we've got upwards coming up. We will have lost souls literally coming into our church every week to play a game. The Men's Basketball League. Every week, 
we will have lost men coming in to play in the men's basketball league. If you don't believe me, come watch a game. <laughs> you will know. <laughs> and the bad thing is the ones you see acting up are the Christians. And there's a lot of truth to that one. But there is an opportunity for us to be praying for the evangelism of the lost. And so I want us to do that. I'm going to ask uh, Mark Gentry, would you please take Colossians 4.3? And Zach, would you take 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8? So Colossians 4.3, Brother Mark, if you would. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open the door to us for the message to speak the mystery of the Messiah for which I am in prison. Now think about this. Apostle Paul is in chains. He's locked up. Alright? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm probably not going anywhere to evangelize the lost. And yet, with great confidence, what is he writing in this letter to be done? that he would open his mouth and speak with boldness and clarity the gospel for the lost man's sake. Zach? First of all, then, I urge the supplications, prayers, processions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of, of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Guys, you want to know one of the reasons why we pray for our country? We pray for peace. We pray for leadership. We pray for those in authority. It's for the furtherance of the gospel. It's not so that my 401k can get better. All right? The reason it's profitable for us to pray for those in leadership, the reason why it's profitable for us to pray everywhere is for the furtherance of the gospel. We need to not only be praying that we will have opportunity to continue the furtherance of the gospel, but that we will also open up our mouths and make clear with boldness, to share the gospel. Church, we need to be praying for the evangelism of the lost. We also need to be praying for cultivation of discipleship. Um, uh, Brother Dean, if you would take Luke 11, 1 through 2. And I'm not going to make us read all of John 17. I will select a, a portion of John 17. Um, but Brother Dean, when you get to Luke 11, if you wouldn't mind read verses 1 through 2, please. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to him, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's going on here in this passage? Praising God. Praising God? Yeah, what else is happening? He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching them how to pray. Right? Church, one of the things that we need to be praying for and putting feet to those prayers is in the cultivation of discipleship. Is there someone in your life that you're pouring into? Just think for a second. Is there someone in your life who you are like a mentor? You're a Paul to a Timothy. Do you have a Timothy? Ladies, we're encouraged, you're encouraged in Titus, older women teaching younger women. Ladies, is there someone in your life that you are pouring into? Community Baptist Church, we need to be praying and then we need to be doing. We need to be cultivating disciples. In 2018, my prayer for this church is that we will evangelize the lost, that we will make disciples. And guys, it doesn't have to be a structured program. If that's what you want to use, that's fine. If you want to take some material and work through it with somebody, that's fine. That's okay. But it's really doing life together. And finding moments in life that God gives us all the time to say, this is a teaching moment. This is a moment to pour into my Timothy. John 17 and uh, verse 13 Jesus, of course, he's been praying. He's praying for his disciples. He says, verse 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Guys, we've got the playbook of life. Everything we need for life and godliness, we've been given. And as this word sanctifies me, Christ is praying for us even now that we will pour into the lives of others the sanctifying Word of God. His truth. And we've got everything we need. So let's pray in this year to come that we will evangelize the lost and we will cultivate discipleship. One of the other things that uh, we're praying for this year and hope that you will partner in praying for this year True Christian Fellowship. Brother Nate, how about take Acts 2.42, please? Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, 
to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Are you devoted? Are you devoted for the, to the gathering of believers? And maybe this is an area where you know, prayer is kind of crying out to God. It's talking to God. It's communing with God. It's maybe part of your prayer this year is that you'll be more devoted to the gathering of believers. It's not about a Sunday school pen or checking a box. It is about genuine koinonia, about genuine fellowship, the being together. Um, many of you have close relationships. Uh, I pray that a lot of those close relationships are of, amongst the other believers in this church body. That's where these relationships should be developed, is within the body of Christ, centered around the things of Christ. Because that's truly the, the lasting bond are the things that are in Christ Jesus. And so I want to encourage you this year that maybe, maybe most of your relationships are outside the church. Maybe, and, and look, I'm not saying forfeit those. I mean, by all means, we, we need to evangelize the lost. Maybe there's, you know, develop friendships with lost people. There's a difference with reaching a crowd and running with a crowd. But I, I encourage you to cultivate those relationships that are within this body because what happens when we grow in grace together our bond strengthens and just like in a family when brothers and sisters don't get along and they storm off to the room and slam the door a few minutes later they're sitting at the table eating together and they get over it and they love one another I speak from experience I have four children in my house right so Guys, that's the way a family of God should be. We don't always agree. We're not going to always see eye to eye. We're going to have our little moments where we pout off to our room, so to speak, and slam the door. But when we cultivate genuine fellowship, when we know that our bond is in Christ Jesus, this is how the world knows us. And so I want us to prayerfully... Ask God to help us to tighten our bonds as a family of God in the year to come that our fellowship would be genuine Christian fellowship. Next, we want to pray for, as a church, wise decisions. James 1.5. Brother Dick, would you please uh, read James 1.5. Guys, we're going to face decisions this year as a church, as individuals. And let's just be honest, sometimes we're not sure what we should do. We talked about a couple of weeks ago in one of the messages, the difference between an immature Christian and a mature Christian is a lot of times the immature Christian just says, hey, is this wrong? Okay, well, if it's not wrong and I'm not sinning, then it's okay. I can do it. I have liberty. But a mature Christian doesn't ask that question. A mature Christian says, hey, this may be right, this may be okay, this may not be sin, but is this best? 
Is this really the best thing that I need to be doing? Is this the best decision that I need to make? Is this what's best for my family? Is this what's best for the kingdom of God? Is this what's best for my church? Is this what's best for my testimony? And so God gives us a promise, especially in the, in, in the context of this passage is in the midst of trials. And boy, that's when a lot of times we are in desperate need for, man, I don't know what to do. This is, you know, the world's coming in. It's, it's crazy. There's pressure. There's all kinds. And you're just like, I just, Lord, I just need wisdom. He makes us a promise. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And as we seek to discern through the truth of God's Word, it will help oftentimes to clear the way in that decision making, will it not? Now sometimes, let's just be real, sometimes we still struggle with finding that answer. But you'll never go wrong in drawing near to find that answer, in drawing near to God to find that answer. So as a church this year, let's pray, not just for leadership, but for one another, that we will seek wise decisions. Also, one of the things that we want to pray for are obstacles overcome. A lot of times we're going to face, no doubt many of you faced this past year many obstacles. This year we too will face many obstacles. They will come our way. And so we need to seek the Lord in praying to overcome such obstacles. I want to ask uh, Dr. Shook if he would please read for us Mark 11, 22 through 24, please. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt of his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Okay. How do you handle the obstacles when they come your way? Now sometimes we, we read this and, and we kind of teeter or totter one way or the other. It said, hey, if you have enough faith, you say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea. Pray believing, right? Without doubting. Scripture tells us if you pray with doubt, I mean, that's worthless. When we pray, we need to pray with the confidence, believing that God can and will. Now, all of Scripture teaches us and we got to take all of Scripture to understand the character of God, that we pray, what? According to His will. Sometimes God's will is not for the mountain to be moved. Sometimes God puts the obstacle in our way to detour us from danger. I'm a firm believer we're going to get to heaven one day and we're going to see how what seemed like obstacles that we begged God to remove and He didn't, kind of like Paul, three times remove this thorn in the flesh. Mm -mm. It was for Paul's good and God's glory. Sometimes obstacles aren't removed, guys, in our life. Sometimes they're there for our good and for God's glory. 
But if we ask anything, anything means anything. If we ask anything according to His will, we have it. I mean, that ought to give us a good shot boost of encouragement when we're praying that if I'm asking God to move this mountain and it's His will, it's done. It's done. Now, it may not be on my timetable. I've got to trust God with that outcome. And I've also got to trust that if I beg God and plead with God and the obstacle's not moving, that there is something I have got to learn. I am in a growing stage. There is something that needs to be gleaned from this lesson. But I've got to trust that God is keeping it there for a reason. And that is still for our good and for His glory. Obstacles overcome. We want to pray for that. We also want to pray for our needs to be met. Now, again, Monk's family here. We know this past several years, uh, as far as the financial needs of this church, we've struggled. Now, let's put it in context. This church has done big ministry on faith. We have grown in leaps and bounds in the ministries we're doing. Nine years ago, it'll be nine years in June. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Since we've been here. Nine years ago when we came here, we did not have a full-time youth pastor. Praise be to God, we have a full-time youth pastor. We didn't have a secretary. We didn't have a lady who cleaned the church on a regular basis. We, didn't, we did have some lawn care, and that was uh, in-house folks that we paid a little. But guys, these expenses are blessings because our ministries have grown. That's a result of ministry. That is a result of our faith being exercised and lived out. And ministry costs. And that's the reality. And so, I'm still a firm believer that when Jesus sent out His disciples in Matthew 6, well, let's take a look at that one. Brother Josh, would you read Matthew 6, 11... 6.11, and while he's finding that, uh, Mr. MB, would you look up Luke 11.5 through 13? Luke 11.5 through 13. What are we praying for? We're praying for needs to be met. 6.11. Please. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, we don't understand that today, do we? Because I don't know about your house. There's a lot of bread at my house. Now, if you go over to the Dex house, they always got fresh bread. They like that homemade stuff. Yeah, that's that, that German influence. So if you want some fresh bread, we go over to the Dex house afterwards. I'm sure we could find some. But guys, in, the, in that day, in the day in which this was... I mean, you know, you, you, your daily need was met. It wasn't stored up. You know, we didn't... Like we got today. Grocery stores full. We lose sight of this, don't we? Sometimes we're so comfortable again with what we see, we lack faith. I imagine in some parts of the world there are still many, we know this, many believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, who struggle with even their daily bread. And they depend on God in faith to meet their daily needs. So I want to be careful in how we contextualize this because what truly are our needs? Our needs. 
Now, in the culture in which we live, the day in which we live, God has called us to a time such as this. We are in a people group that we are seeking to reach for the gospel's sake, for the cause of Christ. So in that context, yes, God knows our needs. He knows our needs for ministry. He knows what's needed to do what we're going to do. And so we continue to walk by faith. We continue to exercise our faith. And we continue to pray, God, please meet our needs. He knows what's needed for today. Brother M.B., if you would, please. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, not. the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And uh, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, uh, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Yeah, and that's fine. Through 13, okay. That's fine. And I'd only put up, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, or if he shall ask an egg, Will he offer him a scorpion? If he shall, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? Again, for those of you parents, been parents, grandparents, you understand this. Yeah, our quiet time hit on this this week, and I, you know, I asked Luke. I said, Luke. You know, if you ask me for bread, would I give you a stone? You know, he actually had to pause for a second, which really troubled me, but that's another story. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, the bread was just overcooked. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he thought it was a rock. Um, but guys, think about it. The Lord knows. Our Father in Heaven knows. And man, as a parent, I'm telling you, there is nothing greater than to being able to you know, give your child something that you, that you know they need, especially when they're asking for it. Um, and, and so how much more does our Heavenly Father? He knows what we need. He knows exactly what this church needs in 2018. Now, we need to earnestly ask. We need to be persistent in our asking. And so that's one thing I, I want to ask of you, church, in this year. Please, let's... Continue to ask, seek, and knock. Remember the word ask. Everybody say ask. Ask. Yes. Ask. Seek. Knock. A-S-K. 
you can remember how to pray ASK. Ask, seek, knock. He made it easy for us. See, I like simplicity like that. Let's ask in 2018. Let's ask God to meet our needs. Let's be persistent in our praying. And let's be mindful of His character. He's not going to give us a rock, a stone, when we're asking for bread. He's not going to give us a scorpion, a snake. He's not going to give us something bad. He knows our need and He loves us. So let's petition for His will and our need to be met. So, let's look at the next. True worship ignited. Let's pray that our worship... By the way, worship is presenting yourselves a living sacrifice. Do you know that's true worship? True worship is a daily act. It's a living. It's our life lived out. That's worship. It's not just this moment. So let's pray for true worship ignited. Uh, Matthew 6.13. Brother Tyson, would you take that one? And um, who would like Acts 2.41 through 47? Brother Norm, would you take that one? Acts 2.41 through 47. Let's hear uh, Brother Tyson when you find that one, if you would, please. How is that one applicable for true worship ignited? In the context of our life being worship. How might that be applicable? This is the interactive part, by the way. Okay. If, if, if I am seeking the Lord in prayer, that He will direct my path, that He will direct my steps, that I am trusting Him, that I am presenting my body as a living sacrifice, right? Holy and acceptable. This is our reasonable act of worship. <coughs> then my discernment should be in that the paths I follow... The things I do, I do to honor God. That will cultivate and ignite within us true worship. So that our lives do reflect God's grace, His goodness, His transformation within us. That is true worship. Brother Norm. So those who received his word were baptized, and there was added that day about 3,000 souls. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Amen. Guys, when our lives as individuals become centered on the things of Christ, when we as a local body of believers make this priority, when we're seeking to honor God in the eight watts that we've got listed here, 
there's no doubt that the end result is life change, souls reached, that spiritual growth within the body of Christ. And I do think that translates even to numerical growth. God has told us that the harvest is plentiful. Let's be these laborers in 2018. And I believe that leads to revival sparked. Familiar verse, we throw it up there oftentimes come election time of the year. But a very important passage here. Second Chronicles 7.14. Larry, would you take that one please? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from them from heaven and will forgive their sin. Now this is a promise made to Israel. I realize we're not Israel. But gang, this is still a promise to God's people in that God's character is still the same. He's never changing. He doesn't change. And I assure you that if His people, called by His name, Christian in this case, New Testament believer, If we will seek His face, turn from our sin, He will hear. And He will heal our land. I still believe that stands true. And so, let's be encouraged this year in this area of Watts. Let me move fast because it is noon and I don't have a countdown. But uh, that's all right. We got three whys. Why three whys? I don't know. Just thought I'd put up three whys. Three whys. Here's what those three whys are. If, let me ask you this. If God already knows, uh, what's the point of praying? Communication. Okay, I hear communication. Well, God has chosen to have us in partnership in His kingdom. So okay. He has in mind to do something. But he wants us to pray to ask him to do it, and then he's free to do it. Okay. Partnership, communication. What else? Why pray? What's the point? We're dependent on God. Dependent on God. Even though we're an independent church, I'm, I think we need to change it out front. We'll put dependent out front. Dependent Baptists. I like that better. <laughs> but anyway, yes, Maria? We're told to. We're told to. There's a good... You know, it's like the... Why do I got to clean my room? My room, Because I told you to. <laughs> I'm your daddy. <laughs> okay. Never works real good. But anyway. Worship. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So if we're putting feet to our prayer, we'll, well it's part of worship. Yeah. Hallowed be thy name. Which He's worthy. Because He wants that fellowship. Because he wants that fellowship. Excellent. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we see these things. Intimately knowing, loving, and worshiping God. Right? These are things you're saying. Conforming our lives to His will and ways. Do you know that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us what? The desires of our heart. The desires of our heart. 37.4. There you go. Psalm 37.4. Why? Because we, as we pray and seek His will to be done in our lives, when we become more and more conformed to the image of God, our desires change. 
And so part of praying is conforming our lives to His will and His ways. We also see accessing and advancing His kingdom, power and glory. Like Dick was saying, we're in a partnership with God. We're, this, is, this is what God, this is His way of doing it in this world. All these require interaction. God is relational. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful we serve a relational God. Don't you love relationship? I mean, you know, think about your relationship, whether it's your wife, it's a best friend. It's, I mean, think about for just a moment, you tune out, tune back in. Think about some of those qualities that are, that, that's like, man, I just love this about relationship. I love this part. You know, what are those qualities? What are those things? Because that's just a glimpse into God's desire for us as His church. That interaction, that fellowship, that communion. God's relational. Well, then we've got the two wins. The two wins. I don't know if this is grammatically correct. I asked my wife. She wasn't sure either. So, she thinks this is right. See me later if that's wrong. So apostrophe? Don't worry about it. When should we pray? Always. Evening, my preference. Morning, some of your preferences. I know because y'all wake me up at 5 o'clock. I know you're praying for me because I get woke up at like 5 o'clock and I say, I wonder who's praying this morning. I still got two more hours of sleep. Leave me alone. Just kidding. <laughs> and noon. Right? There's an idea. Evening, morning, and noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Psalm 32, 6. Let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. God's a very present help in the time of need. Well, let me give you one application and we'll let you go. In this subject of praying and answering that question of when, I think this is the best answer. Now, pray without ceasing. Guys, we are, we are plugged in to Christ Jesus. We have access to the throne room of grace. Our greatest resource. Prayer, communion with our Heavenly Father. As we move forward this year, please, let's not forsake this. Let's cultivate this. Let's think about becoming more earnest in our prayers. The Bible says that, that turn over to James, we'll close with this reading. Go over to James, many of you are familiar with this. James chapter 5. Verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will forgive. He will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer 
of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I don't know about you, but man, that encourages my heart a lot to know that Elijah was just like you and me. He has a nature just like ours. He struggled just as much as we struggle with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. There is power in prayer. And church, we need to be the praying church. And so I want to encourage us as we leave today that we will begin to cultivate that relationship again. If you're struggling in your prayer life, tell God. Ask Him to help you. Seek His face. Knock. He'll open. And let's put feet to our prayer, remembering some of these things and how we can pray. On your way out, Dr. Shook's got on the table back there uh, some practical... There you go. Hey, nice, nice. He could be a Price is Right guy. Now that they have guys on the Price is Right, you could be a Price is Right guy. Um, he's got a prayer sheet that helps us. It's got scriptural principles and how we can be a biblically focused church in our prayer life. God honors His Word. That's why it's important for you and I to pray His Word back to Him. If you would, take one of those. If we need to run some copies, we will. Um, let this be a guide for us in 2018 uh, in our prayer life. But um, may God give us the grace. Yes, Miss Bobby. I didn't give a testimony last Talk. Um, I'm gonna stand up. Stand up. <laughs> um, if there's one thing God has taught me in the last three years, but especially this year, He has been putting books, devotions, everything that He has put into my hand has been about a relationship with Him. And one of the things He's taught us about the only time we have to be afraid of God is if we're unsaved. Or if we've got unconfessed sin in our life, because the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God when you've done something and you won't confess it. But at the same time, He wants us to come before Him in love and adoration like a child. Sometimes I imagine myself when I'm feeling down and I'm hurting and I've got problems, I imagine myself skipping into the throne room of God, just skipping in there like a child does, laying my head on Jesus' lap and just saying, Lord, I need you today. I need your love. I need to feel you with your arms around me and just letting me know I'm loved. But that's the thing that he has been impressing upon me is he wants a relationship with us. We don't have to be afraid to approach him. And so he tells us to come boldly into his throne room. Yes, we have to get right with the Lord, but we also and we also praise Him with adoration and praise and thanksgiving and song, and then we ask for our needs, 
at the needs of others. And then the other thing he has been impressing for me is a relationship with the church family. Amen. You know, we're a family. Sometimes we don't act like a family. <laughs> How do you act with your family? I know when my family gets together, we're crazy. We mm -hmm. love each other. We have a ball. <laughs> well, they got that covered. I think it was <laughs> And when a church loves one another, it's infectious. Amen. Other people will be impressed and drawn to that. Amen. That's all I have to say. I think that's a good amen right there, Miss Bobby. <laughs> Absolutely. And guys, we are blessed. Community Baptist Church, I'm telling you, y'all are a special group of people. And um, that's why I think it's important that we don't hide this under a bushel. No. We're going to let it shine. Because <laughs> others do need this fellowship. And God has placed us here that we might reach the lost and let them become, um, through God's grace, a part of His family and take part in this fellowship. I'm going to ask, um, Dr. Shook, would you dismiss us in prayer? And don't forget on your way out, just grab those prayer sheets. Our Father and our God, we thank you that uh, everything is new when we have a relationship with you. That your mercy is new every morning. That your grace is new every day. That your forgiveness is new every time we fall short. And we thank you so much for that. As we begin the new year, there is that sense of anticipation and some excitement that uh, you are doing a new thing. God, we pray that in this new year that we would remain committed to all that you are seeking to do. Just as we read about the early church in Acts 2, that we would commit ourselves to uh, the fellowship, that we would commit ourselves to the teaching of the doctrine, that we would commit ourselves to the breaking of bread, to the prayers that we are to offer. We thank you that we have a God in heaven who is active and powerful, but yet a God who is personable, that desires for us to know you as you know us. And God, we pray that as your people, that you would place in us a heart that desires to communicate with you, and desires to uh, be in relationship with you, desires for your power to work in us to conform us more and more into the image of Christ Jesus our Lord. So we do thank you for all the great things that you have done in us and through us, but we also ask the Lord as we move into a new year that we would be uh, committed, dependent upon you, that we would be excited about all the things that you are still seeking to do. So as we leave this place, we pray for safety as we all travel home and just ask, Lord, that you would continue to have your way in our hearts and our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.